Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Business Matters, presented by Valley First, the division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. We have a fun session planned for today. I welcome three sales marketing gurus. Yeah, I'm going to call you guys gurus uh, to Business Matters. Uh, we have Nicole Slippitz, we have Andrea Eichberger, and we have Nikki Check, um, all from Now Media Group. Um, and I think everyone brings different strengths into the sales and marketing journey. So we're going to have some fun talking about that. So we're going to spend some time today talk about a couple different things. Just some uh, common marketing questions that we hear, and we're going to kind of just do a little bit of a fireside chat around uh, addressing that. We're going to talk about some trends. Everyone loves trends. So we're going to talk about trends and what we're seeing in the market. And then maybe we're going to have some fun. We might have some laughs, I'm sure, as well today. So we're going to change business matters today to marketing matters for a session. So we're going to make this all about uh, marketing. What we're going to start on is um, customers travel through like a series of steps before they make a buying decision. And most of them don't even know they're doing it. You're just, you're following, you're typically, if you look at all the patterns that people do before they actually make a purchase, they're following uh, this journey. We, we call it a customer buying journey or a customer uh, journey that they go on. And everyone's obviously, there, there's, it could be a difference between them making a sale, you making a sale or them going to your competition if you don't, if you don't look at how they, how they find you. So we're looking at a customer journey. We look at sort of a series of steps. And we're going to talk about these five different steps. And you're going to look, you can, you can Google this. You're going to find hundreds of different journeys. But the one we use really talks about five different things. There's the awareness stage, a findability stage, a reputation stage, conversion, and then advocacy. And we're going to dive in to talk about every single one of them. So, so let's explore the buying journey and more. Um, this is going to be super fun. Everyone's so excited to be on this. Look at, see, so let's get started. So Nicole, we're going to start with you. We're going to start start on sort of phase one, that awareness stage. And um, if this was the 1700s, it would be easy. We'd buy a yeah. newspaper ad and we would own the market because it was the only medium yeah. available. Well, today there's literally thousands and there's a thing called Google that most people have probably heard of or most people will go to. So if I'm a business today and I'm, I'm looking to make sure that I'm people can find me, there's awareness out there. What options are available and how do I pick what works for me as a business? Yeah, I think this is the most overwhelming of all the stages. Because like you said, where do you start? Where are people coming from? Can people even authentically answer where they saw you, right? Like, how did you know you wanted Chicken McNuggets from McDonald's? Was, did you hear it on the radio? Did you see the billboard? Did you see a search ad? Did you get the coupons to your house? Like, So our source of information of where people, quote unquote, learned about you isn't accurate. So I think you have to kind of start there and then make strategic decisions before you start putting money into tactics, which is something we talk a lot about, uh, because all these new modern platforms have made it really easy to take your money. It's really easy to log into Facebook on your business account. And you're like, I'm marketing. I'm doing it. Look, I'm doing it. Look at the graph. It's working. Um, so there's so many options. You know, you can do it completely digital, but then digital is like 
Are we doing Google? Are we doing search? Are we doing Facebook? Are we doing Instagram? People are talking a lot about Pinterest, but then there's also how many local medias, traditional medias. So I think it can get really, really overwhelming. And I think that's why we always start with strategy because who are you trying to talk to? Where are they? And what of these hundred platforms are they actually on? And so I think that's why this first step gets so overwhelming because it's all transactionally very easy to get your paws and everything, but what's working, how much money goes into each channel, where are your people, who are you talking to? Those are the important questions in these in this stage. It's interesting because that's we, we use strategy for tactics all the time, but we, we had a client um, in, in Camelot that so we did an intercept survey. I tell the story a lot, intercept survey every year, and we asked, where did you hear you know, about our brand. And um, I can't remember which one. It was either buses or billboards came up every time, but we never had one of them in the market ever. Right. That came up almost in the top is where they saw our brand. So you never know where people find us or where they hear from us. So it's interesting. Um, Nikki, we're going to jump to the next one uh, is the, the next bucket we call is findability. So you need to be found. Nowadays, you need to be found online, plain and simple. Um, most businesses that you know, the ones that are easy to find win the game. If, if they're hard to always say, you could have the best product in the world, but if someone can't find you, well, you're not going to sell it. So um, I think, you know, one of the most important drivers here could be something like organic search, but what can businesses do to improve their findability um, either online or offline, but maybe we'll, we'll stick to sort of off online right now. And that's a really loaded question. It's so different based on the, the vertical, the market, the sector, um, you know, what success is looking for or what success looks like for that company in their stage of their business. It isn't a, a, a one uh, answer fits all, but you look at um, the space and place that we're in right now. Generally, most businesses come to us and they say they still to this day they want to be number one in google they want to be uh first uh in in the search results there really isn't that space anymore and you look at you look at the non-click challenges that we're having in google that are being served up the answers never getting to any of these customer sites and the size uh of, of this Google Goliath. Um, and and that, that in itself is, is challenging. But if you look at findability through the lens of, and again, this is asking so many businesses all the time, what's your best marketing? What's your best marketing? What's your best marketing? Word of mouth. They always say word of mouth. So here we are in a, in a world that doesn't allow us to network. And, and word of mouth becomes more challenging. So, so again, the findability is that, is that trigger event, that consumer's looking for something, they're savvy, they're intelligent, they're doing their research, they're finding out who might be in that space of delivering that product or that service they're looking for. And then they begin to vet those against each other. They come in extremely informed and very influenced based on the words of a stranger uh, going back to reviews. So just a, an amazing space to start with. And, and to Nicole's point, certainly not back in the day that it's just brick and mortar, hang a sign, book a radio ad and Bob's your uncle. Like there are so many 
things that influence the consumer. Uh, and, and as we're going, I know this is, we, we only have a little bit of time, so we could spend a whole hour just talking about each one of these topics. We're, we're kind of skimming the surface of each one, but, um, you know, jump in as well. If you guys, you know, if someone's talking, if someone wants to add into it, please do. So I'm going to stick with Nikki on this one and then we'll jump in. Yeah, I know she's patiently wait, waiting to answer. So um, you mentioned reputation, Nikki. Statistics show I, I saw online that 94% of online shoppers reported negative reviews have convinced them to avoid a business, which is unbelievable. Like that's, that's like, that's crazy how important that is. So reviews are important, 100%. So how, I think one of the challenges is a lot of businesses says, well, how do I get my clients to give me reviews? They don't, we don't want to make a make work project for our clients. Like, so what are some easy ways? And again, Nicole and Andrew do jump in as well. If there's tactics that you guys hear, but Nick, if you can start like, how, how do you make it easy for a business to get reviews? So I'll challenge you on easy because anything worth having is hard to do. You have to invest in it. So there isn't an easy way to get the reviews. And again, your customer, Nicole, if I'm if I'm a shoe store and you've bought beautiful shoes at my store and you love the shoes and I ask you, Nicole, will you give me a review? It's so important to my business. You have every intention on doing it. You say, yes, Nikki, I would love to do that. And you just don't do it because life gets in the way. The call from the teacher the the job thing the mom needs this their life gets in the way so um i try and challenge businesses to think through the context of not off the side of your desk if in fact you want reviews make sure it is the the duty and the responsibility of someone or you outsource that work and it is is it is an integral part of that sales cycle so we've we've sold the product or the service we've delivered it we will absolutely reach into you using the best success i see is using tools like a a uh, reviewify that that sends out the ask to the consumer lands them into the into the pl platform that they're logged into and allows them easily give that review so it, it hand holds when you can but you need humans to put out the ask send the the technology follow up follow up follow up and get those reviews and you have to be it's about the metrics you have to you have to track it we have 100 reviews we want 500 where are we at so so being really diligent about making sure that you're getting those reviews because they are hugely impactful yeah, and, it, and it's so important. It's, this is a stage where if, if you read and do researches through the customer buying journey, this is the stage where they say you could be marketing for your competitors because you might do awareness really well. You might do findability really well. And then you lose them on reputation and they're going to go buy from your competitors. So you did all the work. You spent all the money to get them, but they're going to go buy somewhere else at this stage. So that's a, it's a really important. All these are important, but that, that one you could really lose someone really quickly. So, so Andrew, I've been waiting patiently. Um, the next stage we talk about, so you, you've, you know, you've done a really good job. People have found you. Um, uh, they, they've, they've looked at some reviews, maybe social media, and now that you have to turn it into sales and one of the best tools, every ad you see, every billboard, every radio ad, every print ad, every digital ad drives to a website. Yeah. There's not many that just drive to nothing, right? So you're driving them to a website. So customers have done their job, they're ready to buy. 
they're coming to your website and it's so important. I think people take, even though we're in the year 2021, people take it for granted sometimes that they don't put the effort into that side of the business. So talk about sort of just, and I know we can spend a whole hour just on about web, but some best practices for web development, anything that business should take into consideration when they're, when they're looking at their website and seeing what are some best practices that we can do. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's the biggest thing too, is people say, I have a website, it does what it needs to, I haven't heard negative one way or the other. And I think the biggest thing is you really won't hear anything negative unless your website isn't mobile responsive or there's something wrong with it and people can't access it. Um, but when it does come to website best practices, I think the one thing that people need to keep in mind is that there is a lot of that research that's happening before coming to the website. So a lot of older websites and as you start looking and getting more familiar with it, they start to stick out like a sore thumb. Older websites have pages and pages and pages of content. Newer, more modern websites and the more modern way of selling on your website is that I just want information. I want a quick little snippet. I wanna know how to reach out to you. I wanna see what you do. I wanna have visual assets that I can look at and get a sense of what it is that you do. And it really does vary from business to business. Of course, anything design, home, very visual, um, especially with people coming into your homes. I think something that is sometimes taken for granted is a meet the team database. When you are in an industry where you need to invite somebody into your home, you're, it's a big investment. You need to trust them with a lot of things. Um, one thing I like to talk to clients about is, is providing that secondary introduction. So having a meet the teams database, hey, this is Andrea. She has been doing this for so many years. Her hobbies include this and she's gonna come and she's gonna meet you and she's gonna help you out that establishes trust with people. And then they already have that feeling of familiarity and comfort when they come in to meet you. Um, same with anything like accounting services or really personal industries. We really want to build that trust and provide really personal snippets of information without being like, this is ABC lawyers and we've been doing this for 30 years. And these are all the areas that we help. And these are how many certi certifications we have. And here's all the things that are important to us, but aren't necessarily important to the user. The website is a tool where I look at it, I take small snippets of information that are important to me as a consumer, and I call you or I email you, and I'll probably be doing it with a few other people as well. But having a powerful website needs to be easy to use, because if it's not, I'm going to jump off right away, because there are tons of other options for me to look at. Um, load times are huge. Um, even having an SSL certificate and having it, say, secure in the URL in the URL bar is something really important for people. Um, and just having an engaging modern design, I think one, it's like a storefront. That's what your website is. If I go into a store and it's kind of rickety and it's a little bit old and it hasn't been updated in a while, my thoughts about it might go down whether or not that's intended just because I'm like, well, if they're not investing in their business, like, I don't know how, how serious I should take them or how, how much I should trust them kind of thing. It's just, you add another level of an uphill battle to what you're selling and what your buying journey is with this potential client. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you, there's a lot to unpack there for sure. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think that, you know, making your site, don't take it for granted. Uh, mobile responsive is so important. Like the numbers we see people are on their phones. Like your phone is, uh -huh. yeah. I do talks where, talk about where your phone is now, everything, your computer, your TV, your radio, everything, right? So um, making sure it's user-friendly. But one thing you said, I thought, I think a lot of people take for granted is the asset creation part. Of it, yeah. Right. Making sure it's really good photography, videography, the written word, right? So just don't take yeah. that for granted with your websites because yeah. when they're, they're at this stage, 
um, if it's hard to buy <laughs> or hard to find, they're going to go somewhere else. Because yeah. right now consumers are, they're fickle. They don't want to spend a lot of time. They want what they want and they want to hit buy and move on. And if they have to, yeah, if it takes forever, like you said, the little wheel that spins it because it's not loading, they're going to go somewhere else. Yeah. Right. So that's interesting. So last one. And then we're, we're, I want to dive into some sort of questions with some questions that we hear about the last stage. So now we've created where we, we've got it. We made a sale party time. Yay. We made a sale. Um, and I think this is one of the parts where people neglect all the time. So how do we create this raving client? How do we recreate that word of mouth? How do we create a client to keep buying from us and tell us how great that we are? So we need to encourage them to show us love. Um, so it ties back to a little bit of, you know, reputation and reviews, but what are some of the, you know, what are some of the things that businesses to do to create repeat business and create raving fans and maybe we'll start with you nicole but everyone can kind of jump in on some little tactics that we can give sort of tidbits that people can do yeah i think like the original way to do it was reviews and and those are still important but i think what we're seeing now is kind of twofold which is user generated content right like you nicole buys something she loves it she gets home she takes a picture of it andrea sees it on instagram and she wants it and then i think you see the manufactured way of doing that through influencer culture like that's what we're doing with that nowadays so I think those are ways to do it. and you can get involved in those programs but I think you can have this conversation without talking about have you built a brand that makes people want to do these posts like because why we buy things and why we share things is because we like what that brand says about us right like I drink out of this Yeti mug because I want everyone here to know even though I'm wearing a blazer I like to go outside on the weekends right so why that are you like an influencer (laughs) (laughs) so we're seeing that in influencer culture but you can also get that organically by building a strong brand taking people through everything and then just genuinely wanting they want to post about their experience and they want to share their experience and I think that that user-generated content piece, for me, I know, influences me to buy tons of stuff at 8 o'clock at night when I'm on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I think if anyone's in the ad, but one thing I do want to add, because um, I've seen Nikki do this for hours, is imagine if someone actually wrote a card and send it to you. Yeah. Right? So, we, you know, and Nikki's a big believer in that. She's not her head, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you'll see this award ceremony for CHBA and all of a sudden, you know, Nikki sends cards, congratulations cards, handwritten, right? Yes. For every single person. So there's little things like that. Like Nikki said, nothing's easy. Um, but I don't know if you want to expand on that, Nick, but I think that's one little thing that, that you know, I think definitely there's a social side, 100%. People are going online. There's no denying that, but there's some traditional stuff we can do as well that, that stand out too, so. Well, I find that interesting that you, you, thought of that Rob and I get when we do those um, mail outs and and they're genuine they're heartfelt you really appreciate that they've been recognized in the community and you want to give them a pat on the back and a, and a congrats note and and I'll get um, text messages or emails with the card on their bookshelf or on their desk thanking thanking me for taking the time to send that and and it's it's um, it's so much more uh, valuable to them that it isn't just firing off a quick email or something. It's actually taking time to, to use a traditional piece. The other piece that I think is really interesting is um, 
we take for granted that if Andrea buys at my uh, blind uh, company that that Andrea is a one and done, but she's not. She is she is someone that I need to constantly remind her that I still exist. My blind company still exists, and you do that um, using a newsletter. Uh, technology and again so many businesses do not uh, utilize consistent sending of emails hey we're still here hey do you know someone that uh, needs blinds hey uh, got a new automated technology and a blind system you might be interested in because Andrea might want to upgrade so there's so many there's so many mediums and channels out there that I actually do feel sorry for businesses that can't possibly know what is out there and what's available. And, and having a single individual in their company that is excellent and proficient at every medium and channel out there just isn't, isn't uh, possible. And I know we touched on the surface ever, and again, we can do a session on each one of these uh, ones that we talked about, but I do want to, I want to jump a little bit into a little bit of a, I'll call it a fireside chat, where I'm going to post some questions that we would hear from clients or we hear in the market um, and, or other businesses. And I just want to do a little bit of a round table to have discussion. So um, this one here, uh, we hear a lot is, we mentioned it before, does my business really need to advertise? Because I just rely on word of mouth anyways. And I'm sure we, we're all nodding our heads, <laughs> ready to jump in. So yeah. I do want it to be conversational. So jump in, Andrew, you can start for sure. So I have a story that I actually have been thinking about a lot lately. I went to Savon and there was a gentleman there who was offering some wine tastings. And I was like, of course, yes, please. So <laughs> I turned the wine and he's talking to me and it was a Merlot or some, I can't even remember the kind of wine. It was great. And he was telling me, He was like, this wine, like we put all of our funds into producing the wine. We don't spend a penny on advertising. We don't spend a penny on branding. It's all about the product. Ask me what wine that is. I can still taste it. I don't even know the name of it. I wouldn't know how to find it again. So you can put all this time into your product and people can tell you the product's great. And then you can have those loyal fans that know who you are because they bought a case and they'll keep coming back. But I don't know what that wine is because I don't, I don't know the brand. It doesn't, there was no investment put into it and it doesn't necessarily need to be a money investment, even like the thought behind it or whatever. There was nothing that stood out to me other than the product. And I can't remember what it was because there's not a penny that's put into marketing or advertising that product. Yeah. And it's interesting because I, I, I think that we look at big brands, right. And say it's word of mouth, Apple, whatever, but I don't know. They still advertise. Starbucks um, still advertises. McDonald's still advertises. Like if anyone needs, doesn't need advertising, quote unquote, probably be those brands, but they do. They yeah. 100% do. This always sticks out. There's a, I went to a seminar uh, years ago and the VP of marketing, one of the VPs of marketing, I'm sure they have tons of them. And McDonald's was there and he said, and I'm sure he's being facetious, but he said, if we stopped advertising, we'd be out of business in 12 to 18 months. And I'm like, this is McDonald's, right? But it's <laughs> competitive, right? To be that. So it's interesting. I don't know if Nicole uh, and Nikki, you guys want to add anything on that one? because I'm sure we hear it a lot. So, Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to two. I, I think you just can't have this discussion without going back to 
maybe there used to be like one or two words of mouth, but now there's a hundred words of mouth. And I think if you say it all the time is how many marketing messages we see per hour without even knowing it. So yes, word of mouth, gold standard, but I think that there's a hundred different words of mouth now versus, you know, there's Andrea posts about it on Instagram. Nikki tells me about it in the hallway. Then the review is bad on Google. So I don't know if, you can't control that. So that wouldn't be something where I'd be like, that's my plan and I'm going with it. And I think the piece that I'd weigh in on, on do you need to advertise? Yeah, you absolutely need to advertise because you, you, you are looking for um, market share. You're looking at if you're the bull in the pasture, you want to continue to be the bull in the pasture because if you do not occupy those spaces, that you want in those channels, in those communities, in those verticals that, that you live within, someone else will. So it's 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 about um, uh, making sure that you own your space and you're very aware of who else is playing in it and, and what share of wallet you have. Um, the next I want to talk about is about is around asset creation because we're we you know, we're big proponents of that side of it, making sure you have really good asset and, and, and video is right now king, I guess to say, like video engagements through the roof, there's stats to show up, there's video in your advertising, the engagement goes through the roof. But uh, what if I'm a business that says, I love to do video, but I just can't afford all the video production. I can't afford to hire models. I can't afford to have this. What would you say? Too bad? <laughs> I, I I think that there's I think that one thing is that video is it is an investment like at the end of the day there's a lot of equipment there's a lot of time there's a lot of staff that go into making a really great piece of video with that being said I think there are quite a few brands and quite a few people where they do organic video maybe it's hey this is my new storefront this is what I'm doing um, and then it's just an Instagram story or something like you can toe dip and start to slowly do your own video in an organic way um, and I think that's something too is like always being respectful of budget don't put every like all your budget into one thing um, but I would say that it is important to start to plan out your budget and see like come to somebody and say, this is what I have, what can I do? And then seeing if it works and how there's a little bit of a workaround and stuff. And even if you do, again, I think just organic video is one of the best methods to start that and start to utilize it and see how it works for your business and see the power of it. And then as you start to accumulate fans and as you start to accumulate funds from it and stuff, then you can start to look at reinvesting it if, if it is a fit for your business. And I think most brands would benefit from video production right now. The thing that I'll add on that is, uh, was, and Rob, you and I have talked about this quite a bit, a stat that I had seen recently is 80 to 85% of, of information that is going to be consumed by 2022 is video. Uh, so it's not even an option. And you take a look at the, um, the amazing campaign idea that Nicole came up with for Kelowna Toyota that was out of office. The, the most recent uh, production piece that came, uh, that was published on Declona Now was shot on an iPhone. It's an incredible piece of um, storytelling. And, and so there's, there's certainly investment in, in corporate high-end uh, 
video equipment for sure, but we have the ability to do it off our phones. That's the first thing I'll say. And then the second thing I'll say is there's ways to reverse engineer that production. So if we know that we uh, or a client has to have the asset created within this budget, we're going to use other mediums and other channels. So we're going to, instead of shooting the B-roll, we're going to go out and try and get stock B-roll. Instead of getting that specific video footage that we need from like a stakeholder in the community, we're going to knock on the door of that stakeholder, Tourism Kelowna, Big White, and we're going to ask for some of that footage or Predator Ridge or whoever. So there's, there's ways to circumvent or to complement or work within budgets, um, just being smart. Yeah, it's interesting because I think that, Nikki, you kind of started talking about that, is that for the first time ever, we see streaming video. You can reach more people through streaming video than you can through cable. Um, people are, that's what, I mean, I don't know, I'm not a cable user, like you, we're on Netflix, we're on YouTube, we're on wherever it may be. So, um, but I think a lot of time clients overthink it. That's what I like, I, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk says this all the time, no one creates more content than that guy. And so just create, don't, we're not shooting a Super Bowl commercial. Sure. If you want that hundred thousand dollar video and you have the budget for sure, but just go create, just go you know, I don't encourage everyone to grab their iPhone and shoot video, but I'd rather you do that than not. But I would, I would rather you do that than not do it because that's where people are doing. So I agree. Like, I think that um, back to strategy, Nicole said, start whatever the strategy with the goal is, but you need to invest in that side of it. So a um, couple more, I know we're, we're, we're pushing time, but I, I do want to talk about this because I think Nicole will love this one. Okay. So uh, I'm going to run a digital marketing campaign. How do I measure it? Just by impressions and clicks how do i measure a successful digital campaign <laughs> how do you measure it yeah well i mean depending on tactics there's so much that's such a loaded question um, because again they make it really easy to look at a pretty chart um and and be like it's green and then you think the money is going well but i think you need to start at bedrock which is sales and conversions and are those numbers going up and then and then track it back that way to what you're doing i think a lot of people like to look at like the nice graphs and everything and they're like but in instagram said 200 people watched it and you're like but your sales numbers are down so i think you need to start with a baseline of where are your sales numbers at what is the goal what isn't a reasonable amount or return on investment you can expect and what are you trying to reach and then work work back that way um, don't get distracted by like the reads and the views and the pretty graph that says your $250 went somewhere. Um, and then just figure out how much that conversion should cost or is a reasonable cost and figure out your tactics kind of from there. Um, but yeah, it's, it just goes back to strategy. And I think I'll add one maybe in, in, on discussion, discussion is that it depends what the goal of the campaign is, right? So if, if you want to do brand awareness, great impressions, lots, let's drive tons of impressions. Um, but if the goal is sales and you run a campaign and I always say the good thing about digital marketing is you can track it. The bad thing about digital marketing is you can track it, right? Because we're held accountable where legacy media was never held, never had to be held accountable for how many people could drive to, because you can't, you can't, you can't put a number on that. Right. So the, the thing that I say, depending on what it is, if it's impressions, impression, or sorry, if it's brand awareness, impressions are great. 
But if what if I had 100,000 people look and click through, but time on site was three seconds? So what have I accomplished? Yeah. Right. And, and that's more of what I wanted to get to is that because we see that a lot, right? We're like, well, but look at all the impressions it drove. But I'm like, but did it translate into anything? You know, and yeah. we, I know we talked about doing a session on marketing lingo, but what's the ROI on it? <laughs> and uh, but we, it, there's more to it than just the numbers that when, we're, when you're doing digital marketing. And the piece that I want to add on to that, Rob, is absolutely you look at your intention of that campaign. Is it awareness? Is it inbounds and leads? And or is it retargeting? Because when you have, when you get in front of a prospect or a potential customer, there's no rule that says, oh my gosh, they've seen you. Now they're definitely going to buy. So we have to come back in and remind them that we still exist and and be feeding into that retargeting because they haven't made that decision in their first round of research right. so so yeah uh, definitely being fully aware of what the intention of that digital campaign is for that for that customer and and very much um, feeding into the to the metrics and and evaluating how it is or isn't working and and not being afraid uh, to make an adjustment into that campaign to pull out of here and put into there. Lots of questions we're not going to get to, but I do want to switch mm -hmm. focus and come back and end. So because I'm going to try to wrap this up and everyone's busy, but um, uh, I promised you we're going to have some fun and do a test. We're going to have a quiz. So this is the quiz time, and we have three super competitive people. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. Just put your hand up, blurt out whatever you want to do, and I'll just I'll judge and who said it first. So so ten questions are all marketing related ish. So who said the first one is who said. Who said people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it? Simon. Oh! Simon Nicole gives <laughs> So, and that's important, right? And we, we talk about the why, he, he coined that, but that's where the strategy comes into play. That's an important part of it. So, um, what was the very first in Instagram photo ever featured? Hmm. I'll I give you a hint it was an animal. It was an animal? It was. Oh, a cat? Oh. Dog? What did you say, Nicole? Cat? No. Dog? Yeah. <laughs> like, just keep going through. The very first picture was a dog. Yeah. And it's never ended. Just put a dog picture out there and you get lots of love. <laughs> I think that's funny that dog or cat trumped kid. Yes. <laughs> um, this always blows me away because of just how fast social media grows. Like if you guys look, if, if people go in and look at like TikTok from when it launched to the amount of like users there is today, like literally in, I don't know, not even two years. Like I think there's almost a billion active users. Like it's crazy. So does anyone know the year that Facebook was founded? 2006. What, what did you say, Nicole or Nikki? Nikki, 2006, oh. no. 2012? No. 2007. No. I knew this too. Uh -huh. 2005. Four. Four. Yeah, 2004 was founded. So it's crazy, but if you think about like, I wish when I, I do talks and I show, uh, if you look at when the first car was invented, as, as silly as it sounds, and 10 years later, it pretty much looked the same. 
<laughs> you invent social like TikTok, literally a year later, a billion people are on the platform. Like that's the power of digital right now, which is crazy. So um, what social network is owned by Microsoft? Slack? No. Discord? No. It's one that we all use. LinkedIn. It's LinkedIn. Yeah. LinkedIn. I didn't even. I didn't know that until last night. Microsoft owned it. Yeah, interesting. interesting. You know, it's interesting that I have. I was listening to a podcast that week about the valuation back to like of TikTok, and like literally already, like the valuation is in the billions of dollars. And rumors are, guess who wants to buy it? Mm. Facebook. Right. So, I mean, they bought Instagram and now like, it's crazy. It's crazy. So this is a little bit of movie marketing trivia. So I think Andrew is going to do good on this one. So for those of you who work in this office space, this company's TPS reports make it a terrible place to work. Do you remember that? Does everyone remember the movie office space? Yeah. Is yeah. The company. What the company was called? No, no idea. In a tech. In the tech. <laughs> That's like my favorite movie. That's why I love it. <laughs> okay. Um, definition time. So what does the term hamburger menu mean in marketing terms? The lines. The hamburger menu. What were you going to say, Andrea? Same thing? Yeah, the, the lines on the, in the navigation. Yeah. yeah. It sounds delicious, but it's a hamburger menu is a three stack lines graphic <laughs> representing navigation appears on a mobile screen on your website. So. Um, what is the number two search engine in the world? We know what number one is, right? What's number Yahoo? two? Sorry? Bing, Bing or Yahoo? I think it's okay. YouTube. Yeah. YouTube, oh. YouTube is a search engine, not a video platform. Isn't that crazy? Mm. And when you're thinking back to video, it ranks. So if you're searching for mm. stuff and you have a YouTube channel, your YouTube channel will rank. Right, so think about that as well. Yeah, it's it's a number two uh, search engine, which is but crazy. Think about that. that when you're looking on how to do something, how to plant tulips, how to learn guitar, mm -hmm. how to uh, teach your dog dog tricks, how to how to how to. It's an incredible search uh, tool. Um, Nikki, this is not fair for you, so you might not be able to answer. This is a slogan. I want you guys to tell me the brand. The ultimate driving machine. I kind of gave it away by saying Nikki can't answer. BMW? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why I told Nikki can't answer. Kind of a fan. <laughs> <laughs> um, studies show that one day is better than the rest for posting on social media. It's crazy. As, as you go through almost every single one of the platforms, there's one day that, that's better than all the rest. Like, I'm sure if you talk about brand and all this stuff and timing, but there's one day that over and above, what day is the best day to post from social media? My guess Thursday. Thursday. I want to say Thursday too. Thursday, Thursday. And Nikki, what'd Wednesday. you say? Wednesday? Yeah, yeah Wednesday. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, yeah, I oh, was actually funny. My head, Monday, my we're behind. Head. You're right. Yeah. Friday, we're, we're not present. <laughs> uh, last question. Who has the most Instagram followers? One of the Kardashians. No, soccer player, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 276, over 276 million followers. It's crazy. Bit of an influencer. <laughs> Andrew's like, sorry? Bit of an influencer. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. That was fun. There you go. Um, let's wrap up um, on what everyone loves to talk about and, and maybe everyone can kind of chime in a little bit of sort of on trends, what, what to be aware of, what are we seeing in market? Uh, Nicole sent the coolest thing around, I think earlier this week or last week. Um, what are we seeing? Uh, what, what should businesses be aware of um, that's coming and what the changes? And I don't know who wants to jump in first, but I'd like to kind of hear from everybody on, on that one. So Nicole, do you want to jump in first or? Yeah, sure. So the thing I sent around and you can do a quick Google, but I think it was in Singapore, if I'm remembering, and they essentially took hundreds of drones, did a coordinated QR code pattern in the sky. So of course you're out at night, you see a QR code in the sky, you're gonna take your phone out and snap it. And it, it was just an advertisement. So it's like, I sent, I think I sent it out and I was like, this is the new billboard. It's an experience, we're all craving a little bit, something a little bit different than just like work home, order your takeout from a local restaurant. We all want to see different things. So I think anytime you can give people like an experience or push the boundaries on things, you're going to get people's attention. And it doesn't have to be a hundred drones coordinated in a sky, but you can always do something creative that gets people's attention. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was awesome. I, I love that sort of stuff. It's so fun. So Andrea. Um, yeah, I think, one thing is, and it kind of lends it all together is, is uh, and I might be stealing from Nikki, but it's the storytelling. It's the, who is the business and why do you do what you do? And it kind of comes back to that Simon Sinek quote as well. People want to be engaged. And I think more and more people are buying based on relationship and trust. And it's not necessarily a race to the bottom anymore when it comes to comparing price. So I think people want to know and trust who it is that they're working with. And then when they know, who they're buying from and they trust them. They're like, I'll spend the money because I know that it's going to be handled and it's going to be done right. And I can like have confidence in my money being spent. And I think that all kind of comes down to the storytelling, the online reputation. And then I think it having that trust also gives off that reputation, stronger word of mouth referrals, better reputation in the community. I mean, if we're looking at Kelowna at the end of the day, we are growing, but I, I've born and raised here we still have a very small town mentality when it comes to relationships and business and those kinds of things. So I think when you have that story and you can show your advocates and your cheerleaders and speak to why you're doing what you do and who you are, I think that's really powerful. And those are things that people are starting to notice. And I think it also is owed a little bit to social media and maybe having that organic video of, Hey, I'm Andrea. This is my shop. These are some products I'm really excited about, or Hey, I'm Andrea. This is my, practice and this is what I'm really excited to be learning and telling my patients about or whatever the industry is just get excited about what it is you do because you're in your industry for a reason and then speak to that and storytell around it yeah I love the idea of sort of bringing out that personality into yeah. that. and it doesn't matter what vertical it is if it's professional services legal whatever like pe people always tell us they're like if you know the accountant I work with moved his moves his firm to, or yeah. I move with him like, so yeah. the, the relationship is so important that you need to, and it, you need to use your digital channels or whatever channels you can to get that out there. Cause sometimes like today we can't have a lot of that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Right. So. And I'll add two things on Andrea's comment on story that that is a significant trend that we're seeing. And, and there's one side of it that is utilizing every possible medium to tell that story. And it can be, uh, you know, the vehicle wrap that you pull up beside at the, at the red light, it can be in written word, it can be in video, it can be in social, it can be in web. So it's that 
that uh, space and place to be able to tell your story. But, but one thing that I find um, extremely interesting is when we take deep dives into the analytics, the Google analytics on websites, and, and this is a trend that we saw years ago, and I, and I mean it really respectfully, um, nobody gives a shit about you or your history and we keep putting it businesses keep putting it first mm -hmm. and, and uh in front of everything else the people care deeply about your story not your history your story in why you do that and and it has to be um integrated into every piece of content throughout your site not just this we started here, we had this, we got this many trucks, and then my dad said, uh, and then we, nobody cares. Actually, my favorite is that we provide the best service. I'm like, that's expected nowadays. <laughs> Telling me that you provide good service is not gonna make me change my mind or make me buy. Like that's just, it's so funny. The one thing I wanna talk before I wrap up is my, the trend and I'm, I talk about this a lot is audio. Like, I know we talk about video. I'm just, I'm so bullish on the audio side. Like I know we were, I feel like we're trendsetters with Clona now. We have, you know, uh, a solution that if you go to the site, every single one of our articles, you can push a button and they will, you'll actually read it to you. Um, and sometimes we don't maybe promote it enough, but it's a really neat technology. Um, and I think audio is, is going to be where there's going to be a massive growth right now. I think you're going to be able to get in your car. You already are. And there's no buttons. You just, you tell the, you tell your car, play a station, do this, turn on the wipers, turn, like it, you can do that in your house now. And where I think, and I'm not sure where this is going to go is that right now we go to Google, we type in local restaurant, whatever it's going to give us. It, well, it doesn't give us, it, Google gives us anyways, but it's going to give us listings and it's going to give us pages of pages of results, potentially. When I go now and I go to my Alexa or to my Echo and say, get, ask, ask about a local HVAC company or whatever, it's probably going to give me one result. It's not going to read 10 to me. So, and I argue that Google or Amazon are going to own that business potentially. Is that even legal? I don't know, but I just feel like that's where it's going. So how important it is to get into it, get into that audio side now. I don't know. The four and of us, how many of us listen to podcasts? The four of us here, all of us, right? Like we all like that. That's how we're, that's how we're consuming now. Audio is very big. So Nikki, I didn't want to cut you off there. So. Well, no, I was just going to say, but that feeds into your, your earlier question around findability. Like imagine you're fighting to be the only result that gets served up by the Alexas or by the Echoes or by the series. Like, can you imagine the competitiveness in that space and, and, and how those algorithms are going to work that are going to define who the winner of the prize is in that space? Uh, scary. It's it scary for, for businesses. But again, I'll end with that's the necessity to ensure that you have streams coming in from so many places and spaces and that you're not solely reliant on a single source of um, awareness or, or advertising. I, I think that that's what I love about what we do. Like I, it's, it's business is sure it's scary. I get it just because things are changing so fast, but that's why I love, like it's because I love, cause it is ever changing and every client's different. And, and, you know, I always say we're, 
from our side, we're, ne- we're not beholden to any media. We, we, we truly do what's best for the client. If it's direct mail, if it's a digital ads, or if it's a video. And I think that's how clients need to start looking at it. They need to start looking at what's best for me, not what everybody else is doing. Right. So, well, hopefully you guys had fun doing that. It, I went way over time. Um, we covered so much, but there's still things that we didn't cover. I think we just scratched the surface. So um, Nikki suggested we, I said, we should make this a month monthly and she said bi-weekly. So maybe you'll have us back. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about marketing. Um, but the one thing that I believe was is it's, it's not a one size fits all when it comes to marketing. It just isn't. Every business is unique, depending on what your strategy, depending on what your goals are. You can't just say, this is what someone else did. So I need to do it. And I always, I, I can't remember the client, but someone said, I wanted, they came in and like, well, we want a Facebook account. And I think Nikki, you were in or Andrew was one of you guys in a meeting going, well, why? Like, don't you want it just because everybody else does? Like we, you know, ask those questions, right? On And, and it's not the one size fits all for everybody. So well, hopefully everyone had fun. Um, and uh, we can do it again in a couple of weeks, maybe and, and talk more marketing. Love it. Thank you. Thanks for joining. So until next time, have a great rest of your day. And thanks for tuning in to Business Slash Marketing Matters. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation.